You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. It truly was a great week at uh, Big Stuff Camp, and I'm uh, very excited about today's message because I, I think we're going to be able to, all of us, kind of take another step towards what God has for us. We're in the middle of a series called Kings, and we've been taking the journey uh, that's basically found in eight different books of the Bible. You can find this series in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First Chronicles, sprinkled throughout Psalms and Proverbs, and the Book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, it's it's eight books that tell the amazing true story of God's provision in spite of our ridiculousness. You might remember when they were led out of Egypt. When Moses led them out of Egypt, there were 12 families that were based on 12 sons of a guy named Jacob. And these 12 families turned into, or 12 sons turned into 12 families and turned into 12 tribes. And when they were entered into the promised land that we now know as Israel, the land of Israel, they began to settle and spread out throughout the land. Well, after 300 years of relying on God, they began to face war because there were people all around them, their neighbors, began to look at this small farming town, this farming community of of Hebrew people as targets, and so they began to attack. Well, they didn't trust God so much anymore after 300 years of having God as their king, so they wanted an earthly king. God gave them an earthly king. His name was Samuel. Samuel, uh, I'm sorry, was Saul. Samuel was the prophet at the time. He anointed a Benjamite, a guy named Saul, to be king. But see, Saul started off great. He had he had, a, he had everything. He looked the part. He was a warrior. He was a fighter. He was a take charge kind of guy. He and his son led them into battle after battle, reclaiming territory that they had lost to the, to the neighbors around them. It started off good, but it went downhill from there as Saul began to drift away from God. And he went from, why me, God, to a look at me. And he was impeached by God. And what happens next is Saul, who served as king for 40 years, within two years of that 40 years, he was impeached. And he sat on the throne for 38 years without the hand of God on him. But God did anoint another king, and he didn't take the throne for another 15 years. And you got to meet him last week. Stan did a great job. If you were here last week, he unpacked the great traditional story of the uh, David and Goliath, David and the giant. And it was powerful. I saw his notes. It looked great. I can't wait to hear myself. Well, Saul and Samuel, they began to get angry with each other as they began to realize that Saul was not the man that they thought he was. And Samuel decided that he was not the man that he thought he was. And God told Samuel that he was no longer to be king. And so God was silent. They became angry with each other. Saul began to fall into depression. He began to fall into anger and rage. He began to go insane. And uh, he actually pursued murder. And eventually he began to dive into the darkness of the occult. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see Saul kind of spiral into decay. Well, a, a new king was chosen. And this king, well, we didn't really talk about it last week. Stan just talked about David and the giant. But I want to talk a little bit about how this new king was chosen. After Samuel left, Saul started to lose his mind because God was quiet. So he called for a musician to come and play for him. And uh, the report went out that we need a musician. And a young shepherd boy named David was called in to play the music. And uh, David, who we're going to find here in a minute, was a talented musician. He wrote the majority of the Psalms in the book of the Bible, uh, which is actually a book of songs. And uh, 
he was a young shepherd and he began to play and Saul liked him. Saul liked David. David played a, a mean electric guitar and man, he could rip it and it gave peace to Saul. And Saul liked him so much that he had him come back on a regular basis and even made him his armor bearer. That means the guy who basically carried his armor around for him, shined it for him, kept it clean and kept it sharp. Well, after a few years go by of him being the armor bearer and him being his musician, uh, there was a neighbor of the Philistines that rose up against them and everybody was afraid of them because they had this massive giant of a guy who was truly taller than anyone alive. And he opposed the Hebrew people and nobody wanted to back up to him or take him on, take him on except for this young musician, shepherd boy. He said, I'll do it. He was taking some ham sandwiches to his brothers on the front line. Sorry, they're kosher, aren't they? Because they're Jewish. He took some non-ham ham sandwiches. It was pimento cheese, I believe. Um, my grandma used to make pimento cheese. Anybody here eat pimento cheese still? Oh, really? She said, heck yeah. I'm like, okay. Pimento cheese. That's what he was bringing to the front line to his brothers. And he saw that Goliath was out there and nobody would face him. So he said, I'll do it. And that's what Stan shared with you last week. And when David had won, he took down the giant. He left a shepherd boy bringing a lunch and he came home a hero. In fact, he came home with the shouts of the crowds He came back with the adoration of everyone in that kingdom. And they began to shout, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And all of a sudden, Saul, who liked this young musician, began to grow in anger and rage and resentment and jealousy against him. After that stand down, after that rally in the valley, there was this this animosity that stirred up between Saul and his heart. And it seemed everybody was happy for him except for Saul himself. Little did he realize that David, he didn't realize it at the time, but little did he realize that David was going to be king. Nobody knew at that time. We're going to find out in a minute how that happened. You guys remember Saturday Night Live? They used to do the flashback. Everybody go. Flashback mode. We're going to go flashback. All right. Only three or four of you. Come on now. It's flashback. All right. Here's what we're doing. Last week you did David and the Giants. We're going to flash back before that. Because before David showed up on that field with a ham sandwich, before he showed up in Saul's court to play the guitar, he was just a shepherd out in the field. And this is where the story picks up. Ten years into Saul's reign, David was born in a town called Bethlehem. Sounds familiar. Same place Jesus was. That's why Jesus had to go to the city of David. He grew up as the youngest son of a shepherd whose name was Jesse. And even at 15, he protected sheep against lions and against wolves. And when David was 15, a man shows up at his door with a question. And this is what happens. 25 years after Saul was impeached, He's still sitting on the throne. He's now 65, but he's, he's impeached in the eyes of God. This is what God says to Samuel. First Samuel 16, verse 1, it said, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Since I'm sending you to Jesse, uh, I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. 
Now, Samuel tells Jesse he's, he's going to go uh, and visit his house. So he tells Jesse, get all your, get all your sons together. I'm coming over. We're going to celebrate. We're going to honor God. And they're like, whoa, whoa, the prophet's coming. Samuel's coming. Guys, get on your best clothes. Come on, everybody. The big party. Everybody comes into the house. The prophet is coming over. So when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, and he thought, man, surely this, this is the Lord's anointed that stands before me. Uh, because he looked at this son, this oldest son, he goes, man, he looks like a king. He's got, man, he's got the cut jaw. He's got the, the pecs, and he can move them at separate times, you know, like the rock. I don't know how to do that. Maybe you have to have muscles before you can do that. I, maybe that's why I can't do that. But some of you can. <laughs> well, maybe one or two at least. Um, the rest of you don't have muscles. Um, so he said, uh, here comes Eliab. Surely he's the king, but the Lord rejected uh, him. He said, Samuel, no, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Now, he didn't just say he's not the one. He said, I've rejected him. I find this interesting because God saw something that Samuel didn't see. See, God was looking further and deeper than the outer exterior and the appearance and the actions of a person. He was looking much deeper at the heart of a person. What we're going to find is that there's a polar difference between David and and Saul in their heart. He said, the Lord does not look at things people look at. He goes on to say, he says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, the fact is, God does not look at you the same way that I look at you. I'm going to be honest with you. We're all guilty of this. Even good people, even Samuel, a prophet who loved God, worshiped God, followed God, heard the voice of God. Even Samuel was prone to judge people on the outside. And God had to, uh, several times in this instance, correct Samuel and say, no, 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 hey, man, stop looking on the outside because I don't look at people the same way you do. How many of us have often missed God? This is, this is a challenge that we all have. Even a bad man can look good on the outside. And a good man can look different than what you expect. God says, trust me on this. Don't trust your own judgment. Don't look at the tats. Don't look at the hair. Don't look at the clothes. Don't look at the piercings. Don't look at their height or their muscles or their size. Because even the best of men have a tendency to look at the outward appearance. How often have we misjudged somebody simply because of the way they have appeared? God says, I don't, I don't, I don't judge the way that you judge. I look at the heart. Then Jesse called, uh, I like this name. It sounds like Adam Ant, but it's Ananab. Uh, Jesse, that's his nickname. I'll just stick with Jesse. So uh, Jesse called Abby. Uh, had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. He brought another son out. And Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse's like, man, I'm running out of sons, bro. And he says, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen any one of these. Now, if you're Samuel... You don't know what's going on. All right, these are all the, you think all the sons are there. All right, God, this is everybody. No, no, no. God, who's left? God, I'm confused. I don't see what you're seeing. As, as the flesh is concerned, they looked the part. But God didn't want a king after the flesh. They had already had that. God wanted a man after the heart of God. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? And he says, well, there's still the youngest. There's just the little guy. There's the small guy, the guy who's not ready for anything. 
the guy who's only 15 years old, the guy who, you know, just got back from summer camp. We just put him back out to work in the field. Jesse answered, uh, he's tending the sheep. What I love about that is that he's in the field. He's faithful to where he's supposed to be. I love that. God did not forget about him because he was faithful to where he was supposed to be. Some of you think that if you don't like make your voice the loudest, you know, you hear the saying, the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. So you think you got to be noisy. You got to step up. You got to be, you got to be noticed. You got to, you know, make a noise. You got to be the center. Otherwise you might forget, be forgotten. You know, God says, no, just be faithful to what you're supposed to be doing. And I'll make sure you're not forgotten. Some of you just need to learn to be faithful. This is part of why God picked David, because David wasn't out there going, gee, everybody else gets to go inside and meet the prophet. I'm just out here with these stupid sheep. You know, that's not the heart of David. David was just doing what he was asked. He was faithful to what he was called to do. And God didn't forget him. So Samuel said, well, send him for me. We will not sit down until he arrives. So David's 15 years old. Who's 15 years old in the room? I'm just curious. Who's if you're 15 years old, for real. I saw Connie, you raise your hand. I'm sorry, you're not 15 years old. If you're 15 years old, uh, even if you don't want to stand up, could you stand up? Because I I'm, I'm just want people to see what a 15-year-old looks like. It's been a while since some people... Or if you're 16 years old, let's do 15 or 16. 15 or 16, stand up. Come on. 15 or 16, all right? 15 or 16, all right? Now, we have in our youth group, we have some... 13, we have 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds. Now, now these, look at these guys, look at these ladies here. This is the age that David was. I want you to think about it. All right. He's just, he's just, you know, no offense. He's just a kid, but he's a young man. He's a young man in training. He's faithful to what he's asked to do. Everybody else, it seems like he's getting all the attention and he's stuck with the dirty jobs. But God says, no, if you're faithful in what you're asked to do, I will make sure you're never forgotten. So God says, I'm not sitting down until the 15-year-old gets here. We're not, we're not going to celebrate until the person of honor, this young adult, shows up. Go ahead and have a seat. The 15s, man. The Bible is interesting about the 15s because Saul was 15 years old when he had his son, Jonathan. Wow, that's pretty young. Let's talk about a teen dad. And Saul was made king when Jonathan was 15 years old. And that year, that year that Saul became king, Jonathan, who had a good heart, who was a good man, at 15, he became one of the, became one of the greatest and mightiest warriors that Israel ever had at 15. And David, now 15, is anointed as king. He's the youngest. God often chooses the unlikely people to do his work so that all may know the work of God is truly God's work, not man's. You may be unlikely. You may not be considered intellectual. You not. Uh, you may be despised by your family. You may have little to offer. You think, but God knows what He is doing. Now, whether you're 15 or 55, if you're faithful in what God's called you to do, He won't forget you. And though you may feel like you don't have a whole lot to offer, God says, if you will just seek Me, I can use you in ways you never imagined. God, God likes and loves to choose the unexpected. So David in the field, a lot of time to think, a lot of time to reflect, uh, a lot of time to be patient. Man, he's out there just playing music, got his guitar, singing songs under the stars, worshiping God. This was training time. We talked about this 
a couple months ago, he was a shepherd, which is basically a, a, a slash between a veterinarian and a ninja. Because you had, you had to have a guy who could like totally take care of and mend and keep healthy this flock. And at the same time, he was like, had the mad ninja skills uh, because you had to fight off the beasts and the, the robbers and the thieves. And that was David. And in fact, we hear the story where David fought off lions and bears and wolves to protect the sheep. He had to trust God in the midst of danger. The Lord seeks for himself people after his own heart. God was looking for this kind of man and found him in an unlikely place. In fact, at this time, he wasn't even a man at all. He was a teenager. God is still looking for young men and women who have the heart of God. If you're a young man, a young woman, particularly those of you that are in our youth group, or if you're sitting here, maybe you didn't get to go to youth, God has something special for you. He's looking for people who have the heart of God. So verse 12, so he sent for him and he had him brought in and he was glowing with health and a fine appearance and handsome features. So apparently David was pretty good looking too, I guess. Uh, He was a nice looking boy, but not really a warrior looking boy. This is important. He was like, he was like, man, he's, yeah, he looks good. He looks nice. He looks, you know, he's healthy, but you know, where's, where's the, where's the, the beef, right? Where's the muscles? Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. I love that. Guys, listen, you don't have to quit your job to be the person that God says, this is the one. You don't have to quit your job to be a person after God's own heart. You don't have to be famous for God to say, this is the one. You don't have to be respected among people around you for God to say, this is the one. You don't have to be well known for God to say, this is the one. Is the one. You don't have to have great influence for God to say this is the one. You don't even have to have a position of authority or power for God to say this is the one. All you have to do is be faithful in what God has called you to do and have a heart like David, which we're going to talk about in a second, to be a person that God says this is the one. Some of you think, well, if I could just do something else, be something else, if I could have this skill. You know, God says, no, just trust me, follow me, be faithful. You're the one. Verse 13, so Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Now, this is important because what happened is the anointing of the oil is a symbol of the real anointing, which was the Holy Spirit, which is what followed. That's the real anointing, the Holy Spirit. Notice he did not tell them David was the new king. This was between Samuel and God. And I'm not even sure, we don't even know for sure if David knew at this point if he was the king. We just knew he was anointed by God. And we know his family didn't know. And basically, it says this, then Samuel went to Ramah, which is his home. So basically, you're anointed, do so. You know, and then he, he went home. And we didn't hear from David for years and years and years. What's interesting here is that he went home and it plays out for many years. David didn't become king for quite a while. It was soon after that that David was then called to be Saul's musician. He just went back to the field. A little time later, they were looking for a musician to to come into Saul's court and to soothe his heart and his, his conflicted spirit. And it was David, not knowing that David was the king. His family, not knowing that David was the king. When David went and brought those sandwiches, those pimento cheese sandwiches to his brothers on the front line, and he said, I'll do it. They didn't know he was going to be king. David, we don't even know if he knew he was going to be. He just knew he had the power of God. He was anointed. He knew he was special. He knew that he was 
something for something, right? He was the one called for something to do that was great. Well, over the next 10 years, David became a brave, mighty warrior, a true leader. And during this time, he became super close friends with Saul's, King Saul's son, whose name is Jonathan. Now, you may not realize this, but David and Jonathan, who were like best besties, they were, they were really good friends. There was a 27-year gap in their relationship. We often think, well, we're like, we're like, we're like brothers. Yeah, no, well, he could be your dad, but... There was a 27-year gap, and it's, you can see why they became such good friends because David and Jonathan had a very similar heart. Well, Saul began to spiral into insanity and jealousy. I'm going to read a story in Samuel 18. Ten years after Goliath, uh, Saul is growing suspicious. David's still playing the music in his courtyard. He's still the armor bearer, but he begins uh, to get this crowd of popularity, and, and the people start loving him. Everything begins to point to David because, because Samuel knew that God had anointed David, but Saul did not know. But Saul knew somebody was anointed. And he began to think that maybe it's this guy. Everybody loves him. Man, he's, he's, he's got the goods. He, everybody, it's got to be him. So Saul began to grow suspicious of David because, man, everybody loved him. And Saul did not conceal his feelings. In fact, several times in fits of jealousy, he attempted to take David's life by throwing a spear at him while he's playing a guitar solo. Here's David. You know. <laughs> so what was that? <laughs> you don't like the key of E? Fine. So David was banished. So here's what happens in 1 Samuel 18. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from him, from Saul. So he went. So he sent David away from his court and he gave him command over a thousand men and David led the troops in their campaigns. So here's the deal. He says, man, here's this punk of a kid who's playing guitar. Everybody loves him. He took down a giant and I just hate him. Everything about him was hating David. He says, I don't want him in my presence. I don't want him in the court, but let's give him command over some great armies. You know why? We find out later he was trying to get David killed. He was trying to put him on the front line of a battle so that David would be killed. So it wasn't like a reward. This was a, an attempt to take his life, have him killed. He says, so he sent David away, put him over, over a thousand men. Verse 14, in everything he did, however, he had great success. <laughs> in your face, Saul, because the Lord was with him. David not only survives, but he thrives. Verse 15, when Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David because he had led him in their campaigns. So all of a sudden, Saul goes, what can I do here? I got to get David out of the picture. Ah, I'll have him marry my daughter because I've got some crazy daughters. No, actually, he does offer a daughter to him. He says, David, here, have one of my daughters because he had a plan. And David says, no, 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 no. How I could never take on the responsibility of being the son-in-law of the king. Too much pressure. And then Saul said, how about my other daughter, uh, Michael? And uh, she was beautiful, the Bible says, and she was deeply in love with David. And all of a sudden, David's like, I like her. Yeah, sure, I'll I'll take her, sure. And then Saul does the strangest father-in-law request in the history of the world. And I think if, 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 if Nicole's dad had required this from me, Nicole would still be single. Because this is what Saul told 
David. He said, you want to marry my daughter? He says, yeah. Then go and bring me back 100 foreskins of the Philistines. If you're not sure what that is, go talk to your mama or your daddy after service. Because David's like, sign me up. I'm like, what? I'm reading this like, what even is inside of a person's mind? How do you even go about doing something like that, right? How do you even take somebody, hey, guys, come on, let's go. You're on your own, bro. Well, David goes, and he doesn't just come back with 100. The Bible says he plops down in front of Literally, he throws his bag down and they count one by one, which is a whole weird thing too. (laughs) David brings back 200 Philistine foreskins. Now, happy wedding day. They count to them and David marries Michael and they become one in marriage. And Saul has a new son-in-law named David. Well, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David, and that his daughter, Michael, loved David. Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to do battle, and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well-known. David became a superhero warrior, the son-in-law hero. I mean, he became a great soldier. And what follows is Saul's jealousy, Jonathan's loyalty, and Michael's love story before the three of them began to have a confliction on Saul trying to kill David and Jonathan and Michael trying to save David out of love and loyalty. So how is it that one ended up someplace and the other ended up another? Real quickly, the comparison between the two of what's different about both of them. And that is, it's the heart. It's the heart. Saul did not have the kingdom taken from him because he sinned. It was more than that because David sinned also. Yet God never took the kingdom from David. The issue was bigger. It was an issue of a heart condition. So let's take a look at that heart condition. We see the impeachment of Saul years earlier, years before David was even born. Saul said this, uh, Samuel said this, you have done a foolish thing, Samuel. You have, kept, uh, you have not kept the command the Lord gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. He said that years before David's mom and daddy even had David in the mind. Before he was even born, God knew David was going to be king and already appointed him. Though God rejected Saul, he did not reject the people. He loved them. We see this again in Acts 13, verse 22. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David's son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. And he would do everything I want him to do. He a man after my own heart. What does that mean, a man after my own heart? Uh, You see, um, for Saul, a man after his own heart, he was all about image, prestige, attention, famous, he was arrogant, he was prideful. It was all about how he could look to others. David, on the other hand, had a heart after God, and it was a heart that kept pursuing God in spite of his stumbles and struggles. It was a heart that pursued the ways of God. So let's take a look. First of all, this is what it looks like to have a person. This is what it means to be a man or a young person or a woman after God's own heart. Number one, it is a heart of honor. It's someone who fears 
the Lord, has a deep, righteous, convicting reverence for the Lord. Saul was more concerned about his will than the will of God. He was more concerned about what people thought than what God thought. David knew God and knew his will was more important and more valued with than, than what his parents thought, than what his friends thought, than what his neighbors thought, than what his, his, uh, his family thought. We find even when David sinned, it was more of a sin out of weakness, not out of disobedience. Saul had a complete disregard for God. He did not fear God. He did not honor God. He did not have a heart of honor towards God. Like David, I want you to ask yourself, do you have a healthy heart of honor of the fear of the Lord? Do you shrug at evil or does it tear at your heart when you make a mistake or when you fall into sin or when you stumble? It's the heart that fears the Lord. Here's the second thing. It's a heart of humility. It's a soft heart, a repentant heart. We find this, that when Saul was confronted by Samuel when he sinned, Saul gave nothing but excuses. Well, I, it was my friends. It was them. It was, well, I'm just trying to do what's best. I thought God would rather have this. You know, he gave nothing but excuses. But when David was confronted... We see this as in the next couple of weeks, David falls on his face and repents, asks for forgiveness. He had a humble heart. He had a heart that was quick to acknowledge when he was wrong. Saul was unteachable and arrogant, filled with self-pride. David listened and responded to instruction and correction. Listen, young people, this is huge. Adults who, who want to get ahead at work and have, have blessing, God's blessing on your family. This is huge. A heart. See, the Bible says that God resists the proud. The word resist means he is against you. Whoa. Do you want God against you? Then be prideful. Be arrogant. Have a, have a closed ear. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your boss. Don't listen to the people who love God and are trying to encourage you. Don't be arrogant and be a know-it-all. God will be against you. But it says, but he gives grace to the humble. So, and the Bible says, if God is for you, then who can be against you? So you can either have him against you or you can have him for you. And it teeters on the humble and the proud. Like David, we have sins and struggles, but like David, we can love and pursue God with brokenness and a teachable heart. Here's the third thing real quick is that David truly loved other people. He had a heart of a shepherd. He had a heart of a shepherd. Saul became increasingly bitter against people and lived more and more unto himself. But David loved people. He deeply cared for people. We can see why Jonathan and David become such close friends because they loved people. Jonathan had a good, good heart. And I want to ask you, how do you look at, would, do you look at people as, as objects of how you can better yourself or get ahead or, or get things? Or do you look at people as a way of love, Do you look at them as someone who, even the people that you don't like is through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of grace. He had the heart of a shepherd. He shepherded sheep. So God says, you can shepherd people. He saw them as beautiful creations for God's purpose. Here's the next thing is this, he had the heart of a servant. This, David was someone who sought to help and to serve others. David faithfully served his father as a shepherd, as a musician, uh, as an armor bearer and as a leader, how's your serve? How's your attitude when you see people in need? When, when, there's, when there's something on the floor, do you pick it up or do you think, that's <laughs> somebody else's job? When you see a dirty, you know, I to this day, I still wipe off the countertops in bathrooms in public places. Because if I'm using, you know, wash my hands and it's a mess, I grab some paper towel. You know why? Because I want it to look good for somebody. I want to maybe help the staff because maybe they can't get in there 
And I care about that business. I care about you know, because I love people. I care for people. I want to serve people. There's nothing that's too, I'm not too great to, to pick up garbage, to pick up trash, to pick up your garbage and your trash, though you might be too great to pick up your own garbage and trash. That's a real heart of God when you see someone who's willing to just step up to the plate and take not only responsibility for your own things, but also to help others in times of need. That was the heart of David. That's the heart of God. Saul only served himself in his best interest. We later see David, even when he was running for his life, he stepped out to help those who were in need more than him. Here's the last thing, is that David had a heart of worship. He knew that he was not the true king. He knew that this was not about David, that this was about the Lord Jesus Christ. For Saul, Saul was king. For David, the Lord God was king. Both David and Saul knew sacrifice and worship. They knew how to bring the words. They knew how to pray. They both sought God before battle, but David thought it was important because it pleased and honored God. And Saul did it only to try to get something out of God. When we come together for worship, when Chris is leading us in worship and we have this heart of that, are we trying to just get something? Are we just trying to honor him? See, that's the heart of worship. Worship is not so much a receiving, though you do when you actually truly worship, but worship is about a giving honor and glory and praise to the one who is worthy of the honor, glory, and praise. That means whether you feel like it or not, he's still worthy of it. So you come in ready to worship. That means you live in an attitude of worship. Saul thought God would help him if he achieved his goals. David thought that God was the goal. David's worshipful heart is reflected in his songs, written all through the book of Psalms. It reveals his struggles, his pain, and his trust in the Lord. Guys, I want to encourage you. What's your heart condition? What is your heart condition? Do you have the heart of Saul, or do you have the heart of David? This is a challenge for our young people, and I think this is unique. Is that David, guys, listen, he was anointed king at 15. And he began living as king that very day. That means he didn't say, well, one day I'll be king, so I'll act like a king then. Basically, if God says, you're the one, he lived like he was the one. So I want to encourage our young people. If you feel like God's got a call in your life or you feel like God touched you in a unique and powerful way, and you think, well, one day, you know, I hear people say, well, the the young people, they're, they're the church of tomorrow. I believe they're the church of today. And I believe that that if you have a call of God in your life, adult, and you feel like God's called you to a great work or a great mission, like, for instance, some of you are just bummed out that you couldn't go on the mission trip with us this year. Well, you know what? If you have it in your heart to go next year, then be a missionary today. Start being that missionary. Start being that leader. Start being that pastor. Start being that person that you know God's called you to be. Don't wait until you're actually sitting on that seat of authority, but start living it now. That's the heart of a leader. That's the heart of God. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.